Well, good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to Coffee and Devotions. This is where every day you and I, we get together. We have a little bit of coffee. We get into God's Word, and we go in 11 with the Lord together. That's right. And this year, 2022, we'll make it, Lord willing, all the way from the book of Acts to the book of Philemon. Philemon. Yeah, so Philemon is one person, versus like Philippians is to all the church in Philippia. Right, so, uh, so it's Philemon. Okay, so why don't we have some coffee? We'll pray and we'll get into God's word. Oh, Orti, you want to hear tea? Orti, Orti, Orti. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this day. Thank you for your word. We pray that as we read your word, Father, we need your Holy Spirit. We pray that these words would not just teach us, that we would be orthodox. But, Father, that you might work in us by the power of your Spirit, that we would love what is true, good, holy, and perfect, and that we would live it out in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Here we go. We are at Philippians chapter 1. So we are slowly making our way through the epistles. You want to grab your Bible there? Sure. Uh, Philippians chapter 1, and we'll be reading the first 11 verses this morning. So Philippians chapter 1. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, First and Second Corinthians, Galatians, whoop. We went to Colossians too far. Ephesians, Philippians. Ephesians, Philippians. One more page. There you go. All right, Philippians chapter 1. Nathan, uh, you want to read verses 1 and 2? I'll read 3 through 8, and then you can read 9 to 11. Okay. Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Christ, to all the saints in in Christ Jesus, who are in Philippi. In Philippi. With the bishops... And the decons. Decons, huh? Decons. <laughs> it almost sounds like pecans. Decons. With the bishops and the decons. Um, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you with you with joy, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus, just as it is right for me to think this way of you all, because I have you in my heart. Inasmuch as both in my chains and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers with me of grace. For God is my witness. How greatly I longed for you with all the affections of Jesus Christ. And you want to pick up at verse 9? Okay. And this I say, pray, oh, and this and I pray. pray that you love abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment that you may approve the things that without offense oh, no, no, that are excellent and that you may be sincere. And without offense to the day of Christ, being prevailed with the fruits of this of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. All right, wonderful. Well, we have three questions, right? First, what is this about? About what is the best verse to summarize? The best verse to summarize. Good. And see what are we, what are we called to do? Called to do as a response to this. Good. So, what is this about? Well, in verses 1 through 2, we have the greeting. 
Right. And who is writing this? Um, Paul and Timothy. Paul and Timothy. That's right. Paul and Timothy. And how do they identify themselves? Who are they? Bond servants of Christ. Bond servants of Jesus Christ. Right. They have a Lord. And who's their Lord? Jesus. And what are they in relationship to their Lord? They're his bond servants. They're his bond servants. That's right. They're his slaves. Right. And so they are the ones who serve Jesus Christ. And so who are they writing to? Uh, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi. Okay, so he, so they're writing to the perfect people in Philippi. Mm-hmm, definitely. So nobody in Philippi in that church ever, ever sins. Because mm. it's to the saints, right? You might want to rephrase that. This is to the super holy ones. Is that better? No. This is to the people who have a halo constantly above their heads in pictures, people in Philippi. No. Who's he writing to? The church, anyone who believes. That's right, to those who believe, to those who have been set apart, right? Holy means set apart under righteousness, right? These are chosen ones for God. Good. So to the, to, to those who believe, in and, and who are they in? Um, What's verse 1 continue to say? In Philippi with the bishops and deacons. Yeah, so he's writing to the bishops and deacons. <laughs> he keeps saying deacons. I've never heard you say deacons before. Deacons. Well, it's also split up, so I say the first sentence. Deacons. Oh, because there's a hyphen in the pi- in the word. Okay, yeah. So so it's, yeah, uh, deacons. Deacons. Right, that's normally how we say it. But you could say deacons if you want to. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so to the to those who are the overseers of the church and those who are the servants in the church. Right, so he's writing to all the saints who are in Christ Jesus, and also specifically to the elders and to the deacons. Right, and so, uh, and what? How does he open this letter instead? Instead of saying greetings, what's verse two say? He says, he gra- "Grace to you and peace from our God, from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ." Have you ever heard that phrase before? Yes. Where have you heard that phrase before? Uh, ev- almost every single, no, every single sermon. Every single, not just a sermon. That's the very first thing I say for worship, isn't it? Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Right? This is this apostolic greeting. Right? What's the first thing he wants to tell them about? There's grace. Right? God's unmerited favor is in front of you. And there is peace between God and man. This peace comes from God through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Pretty good way to greet people, isn't it? Yep. Yep. Okay, so so the first part is the greeting. There's a lot there theologically that I could preach whole sermons about. I think I have preached whole sermons about these things, haven't I? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, so there's a whole bunch there. So that's the greeting, right, is how they're, they're uh, being introduced. And then verses 3 through 11. What do you think that part is about? Um, 3 through 11. Watch. Well, this whole section here, what is, if you had to summarize that section to say what that section is about, what do you think you would say? Um, really no, it's kind of split up. Yeah, so I think all of this is a prayer. Uh. Yeah, he's telling them what he prays about. 
He prays for them, and he thanks God for them, right? Let's let's kind of look through this and see some things, right? Uh, he starts off in verse 3 saying what? I thank God, thank my God upon every remembrance of you. <laughs> oh, good cough. Yeah, right, so every, he thanks, my, he thanks God for every, every time he remembers them. Think he, do you think he likes these people? Do you think he loves these people? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Every time he prays to God, he says, "Thank you, Lord, for these people." Right, and so he uh, always, in every prayer of mine, making requests for you all with drudgery. No, what's he say? Um, does he does he, you know, begrudgingly pray for them in verse four? What's he say? For you are all with joy. With joy. Right? He prays for them with joy. Right? So it, it gives us a real sense at the very beginning of this letter, his tone. Right? He's, he really loves these people in Philippi. And so, uh, so he's going to pray for them with joy. Right? And, and there are things for him to rejoice about. What are some of the things for him to rejoice about in verse 5? Um, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Yeah, right. So their fellowship, their communion with the gospel. So he, why would that make Apostle Paul thankful? Um, because they stick together. They stick together. Do they still believe the gospel? Yep. Do they still hope in Jesus? Yep. That's something to give thanks about? Yep. Oh, yeah, he's very thankful for this. Uh, and he says in verse 6, being confident. Oh, let's move your microphone so you don't hit it with your cough, with your tea there. Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you. Oh, yeah, why don't you move it over there so it doesn't spill. There you go, bud. Um, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it unto the day of Jesus Christ. What do you think that's talking about? Um, that'll keep this church going till the last day. Yeah, not just the church as in an organization, but will he care for his people? Mm-hmm. Will he ever forsake or abandon his people? Nope. Will I ever just say, go to the grave, I'm done with you? Nope. No, because he's going to complete the work he started. Right? Has he started a work in your heart? Yep. Were we just talking this morning as we drove here about sanctification? <coughs> and as we were talking about sanctification, what were you telling me from Romans 7? Um, the good things I want to do, I don't do, but the Things I don't want to do, I still do. And does that give us a reason just to go, eh, we'll just give up? No. It's trying to get away from those bad things. That's right. And is that just by you doing something, or is God doing something? God's doing something. God's doing something, right? The Holy Spirit working in us, right? So each one of us are on this path of sanctification, but... Even though the path of sanctification, does it ever end in this life? Nope. Nope. But someday will it end? Yep. When does it end? When you die. Well, in a sense, you die, and when you die, you're completely glorified, 
But even then, there's still something that's remaining. What's still left even after you die? What's the final thing that's not going to happen until Jesus returns? You won't sit in your body? That's right. It's better than just glorification after we die. That's what's called the intermediate state when we're in heaven. But you know what's even better than being in heaven? What? The new heavens and the new earth. When our bodies are raised again from the dead and in our flesh, we will no longer ever sin anymore. This is a promise. This verse is one that I would underline. I'm just going to go ahead and say right here, this verse is one that we should underline. <coughs> that in verse 6, right, he's going to complete this good work. Right? And so he, he, he talks about how he loves them in verse 7. And he talks about uh, how even though he's in chains, right? so that means he's right now a prisoner, right? Uh, they're still partakers, both in the confirmation of the gospel and partakers with me of grace. For God is my witness, how greatly I long for you with all the affections of Christ. Man, it seems like he loves them from down in the kidneys. Right? From like, wait. Splognos. Splognon. That's right. Um, you know my favorite Greek word. <laughs> yeah, right. So, uh, the Apostle Paul really loves them, doesn't he? What do you think that could teach us about how we should think about other people? We should love our neighbor as ourselves. That's right. We should love our neighbor as ourselves. Right? Is the Apostle Paul showing this? If he's in chains, could he be like all dour and sad? Mm-hmm. But what's he doing? He's being joyful. He's being joyful. Why is he being joyful? Because they stick together. Because they stick together. He's loving his neighbor so much that even in his affliction, he can have joy. Yeah. Well, it sums up more in 9 through 11. And this I pray. So there's something else he wants to pray for them. And what does he pray for them in verse 9? Um, and this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment. All right. So he wants their love to abound, right? To grow. But to grow in what? Just like good feelings? No, in discernment. In discernment, right? Biblical love is a discerning love, not a blind love. Our culture will save this statement. They really love it. You ready? Love is love. No, not all love is love. Not all affections are good. Actually, many things that parade as affections are actually just lusts, passions, unbridled emotionalism, heart gone wild. Right, but that's not what he's saying here, is it? Nope. No, abounding in love is discerning. Right? And so he wants them to have that type of love, to know what is good and right and pure and perfect and holy, of good report, praiseworthy. And he wants them to meditate on these things. I'm getting ahead of myself, though. That's chapter four, verses eight and nine. So we'll get there. <laughs> but he wants them to have a discerning love, right? And uh, that you may approve the things that are what? In verse 11 or verse 10. Sincere. Well, that you may approve the things that are. Oh, that are um. Approve the things that are. By Jesus Christ. Oh. <laughs> you're, you're looking right over it. So, um, that you may approve the things that are. 
Excellent. Excellent. Um, right? He wants them to approve the things that are. Excellent. Excellent. Does he want them to approve the bad stuff? No. Does he want them to approve the base bleh stuff? No. No. What type of things do you think are excellent that he's talking about? To keep reading your Bible. Okay, yeah. So, so reading the scriptures would be an excellent thing. Good. Um, what else do you think would be an excellent thing? Keep staying together. Okay, yeah. So staying together. What about biblical love? Yeah, I was just about to say loving your neighbors. Yeah. Yeah. What about so all those are second table of the law, second part loving our neighbor. What about the first table of law? <coughs> what about loving God? Reading your scriptures are part of it, right? But some of the excellencies are things like loving God, thinking upon his holiness, thinking upon his righteousness, thinking upon his love, thinking upon his suffering, thinking upon his hatred of sin, but on his grace for sinners. Right? Those, these are the types of things he wants them to abound in love towards to be excellent in. Good. Well, let's go ahead and finish this off with the last part of 10 and 11, that you may be sincere and without offense until the day of Christ. Um, Have you ever heard me talk about plastic Christianity? Uh, Yes, but I forget what it was. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, Have you ever seen a Barbie doll? Yep. You know the little dolls that Ellie plays with? No. Well, she's got a whole bunch of dolls she plays with, right? Not necessarily Barbie dolls, but a whole bunch of different dolls she plays with. Just big dolls. Yeah. And then does she have a, a couple doll houses? Mm-hmm. And are they all put together? No. Well, I'm saying like they like they look nice inside. Yeah. Uh, they have like furniture and the beds are always made. Well, yeah. Yeah, like the beds are made out of plastic, right? Yeah. So they're always made. Mm-hmm. And... Everybody, like her Anna and Elsa princesses, does do their hair ever get messed up? The no. little ones, the plastic ones. No, no, right? Because what are they? They're plastic. Mm-hmm. There's a way in which we try to portray our lives, like everything is put together and perfect. Is that sincere? No, no, it's a fake type of Christianity. It's a fake type of love. It's not talking about the real struggles of our hearts. Right? So if if I tried to tell you, hey, you need to be a Christian and be perfect like me. Uh, one, I'm not perfect. Two, you're not perfect. And three. What do you mean I'm not perfect? You're not perfect. You just said we could, sanctification won't help. But we were not yeah, but you never see my sin. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> yeah, you know daddy's... When I get sinfully angry, don't you? Or when I sometimes uh, struggle with things like bitterness or depression, don't you? Yeah. And so there's this reality that we need to be honest about who we are so we can be sincere in our love for each other. Not fake, not plastic. Well, then he finishes off being filled with the fruits of... Righteousness. Oh, we're back at that. Do we stay in our sin? No, but because we're sincere about our faith, what happens? We become more holy. That's right, because 
what does Jesus say? If you abide in me, you will bear good fruit. You will bear much good fruit. Right? So as we're sincere about who we are, it shows us our need for Jesus. And as we are rooted and founded in Jesus, what comes out of that? Um, Fruits of what? Fruits of righteousness, right? Because he changes us from the inside out. And so he says, which are by, oh, (laughs) it's like I, I actually stole this from the Bible. Where's that come from in verse 11? Being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are? By Jesus Christ, the glory and voice of God. Okay, so your righteousness comes from you. No. Your good fruit comes from you. No. All your good works that are praiseworthy are for your praise. Nope. Well, where did they come from? God. Who gets the glory? God. That's right. What do you think is the best verse to underline in this whole section? Six. Verse six? I think so, too. <laughs> but you know what I'm tempted to underline? And then you would be underlined to verse seven. And then I want nine and six, ten and eleven. Six, <laughs> but I think six would probably be my my heart there. Um, let's talk about C calling. You're gonna walk home. Are you gonna go home today? And if your mama asks you, "What is this about?" What would you tell her? Um, to love God and to love my neighbor. Okay. And so she says. So how are you gonna do that today, Bubba? I can obey her. Oh, you can obey your mother. Okay. I could pray to God. You could pray. Good. But actually, if I obeyed, I would be glorifying God both ways. I'd, <laughs> I'd be able to check two things off with doing one thing. Okay. Okay. So you could pray to God. You could obey your mother. You can uh, think about Jesus Christ. You can abide in Jesus. You can bear much good fruit as you think about your need for him and his love for you, right? For me also, uh, I think, you know, thinking about today, uh, I get to uh, go see a whole bunch of people and do a whole bunch of things, but you know what I can never forget or stop thinking about? The love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, right? I think there's also something else we can do. We can be encouraged be encouraged that God's not done with us yet. He's still working. In you and me, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Ready to pray? Okay. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, that you're not done with us yet, but that you discipline us and train us as children. Thank you that all the affection of Jesus Christ is focused on us. Lord, You love your children so much so that you would die for them. Lord, we pray that you would please let us abide in Jesus, that we would bear fruits of righteousness. Please continue the work that you've started in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, may the grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ from God our Father be with you today. And we'll see you next time. I'm going to say bye. Thanks for listening to this week's message from God's Word for You, a ministry of Sharon R.P. Church in rural southeast Iowa. We pray that the message would be used by God to transform your faith in your life this week. If you'd like to get more information about us, feel free to go to the website, SharonRPC.org. 
We'd love to invite you to worship with us. Our worship time is 10 a.m. every Sunday at 25204 160th Avenue, Morning Sun, Iowa, 52640. May God richly bless you this week.